Thank you very much, everyone, for joining me again for another USNA Mid Moms and More episode on topics that complement my book, A USNA Moms Journal, available at the Mid Store, that help to empower parents with information to navigate the journey successfully. Today, I have a very special guest. He recently released a book, and actually, I met him at the Mid Store during my book signing. He was also having a book signing. And Robert Stewart is author of No Greater Duty, which I quickly purchased. And I think I read through in like less than a day, very engaging book and very applicable to USNA. And we'll find out why as we go through our discussion. But Robert, I just want to welcome you to my podcast. Thank you, Annie. It's a pleasure to be with you and your listeners. Thanks, Robert. So I'm just going to go right ahead and jump right in. If you can just give us a little bit of introduction about yourself, that would be great. Sure. I'm the author of five books. This is the fifth, but No Greater Duty is my first novel. The previous four were nonfiction. The first was a document, photo documentary book on the sport of competitive rowing. Then came my first book on the Naval Academy. The brigade, in, the brigade in Review, a, US, a year at the U.S. Naval Academy, which is about 150 photographs in a full text that presents life in the brigade over four years for midshipmen. Soon after that, I went to West Point and did a similar book on the Corps of Cadets. And in 2020, the Rutgers University Press published a memoir, the memoir of a retired Big Ten University Athletic Director. Okay. And that one is not related to the Naval Academy at all. No. The athletic Director. Okay. No. And what is the name of the row of the book on rowing? It's called Rowing the Experience. A plethora of literary works for you. And then this last one is the one we're interested in specifically for the Naval Academy. It's called No Greater Duty. And if you can just let us know why this work is tied to the Naval Academy and give us an overview uh, that could be captivating for readers. Certainly. No Greater Duty is a story of moral courage and integrity by two central characters that happens between 2016 and 2024. It begins with Marines on a battlefield in Africa and also aboard a Navy fast attack submarine beneath the Atlantic Ocean. Soon after, those two characters come to the Naval Academy at the same moment in time. Con conflict arises with them on one side and two of the Academy's senior officers on the other. The disagreement is about the meaning of dedication to duty and the tension that grows spreads across the brigade of midshipmen and even among staff officers. I know that mids don't always agree with decisions that the administration make, but that's part of military duty, right? You have to obey your chain of command. So what do you do when, when you don't necessarily agree? And if you can tell us a little bit about how you came to write this story. I came to write this story in 2016. We were sponsoring our first midshipman class of 2020. He's currently just got promoted to first lieutenant in the Marine Corps. We were taking a walk after dinner with him, and he asked me if I had considered writing another book on the Naval Academy. And I told Jacob, I don't really think I'm going to do one similar to the first one. That wouldn't be as interesting. 
But his question came an interesting time because I was beginning to think about transitioning from nonfiction to fiction. And I mulled over for a couple of days after that what he had asked me and just started making some notes about a storyline and knew it was going to begin or be centered around the honor concept. And that's how it began. The question from him. That's really exciting for us um, as readers. And I'm sure for him that his idea kind of came to fruition in this book, No Greater Duty. Being a sponsor, you mentioned that you're, you became a sponsor in 2016, I believe. So what did you find most interesting about midshipman life at the academy that would even entice you to kind of take a look at that? Because you wrote a previous book about it that was not fictional. The character traits, Annie, that I became so impressed with among midshipmen when I did the first book and then would follow the academy in the years following. Then we moved from New Jersey to, An to Annapolis in 2015. And I met Jacob or learned from his family that he was had an appointment to the academy. Through that period, I, I've always been impressed how mids stand for the honor concept. They're firm about it. They expect the same from their shipmates and classmates. Like any institution, any university, there are outliers, some who try to get around it. And still, their classmates and shipmates, they'll, they'll put up with it, but they'll also let them know, this is wrong. What you've done is wrong. It casts, it casts a, a bad spell on all of us. They hold each other to tough standards. And I think that's very impressive characteristic of them as young men and women. They watch each other six. They're very good about that. They stand by each other, even when classmate or shipmate might slip or make a mistake, because they understand we're all humans. We're, we're not perfect. They possess an impressive certainty when they speak to someone. There's a clarity of what they say. They know what they believe. They know what they want to do. And finally, and most of all, they're very committed to the ideal of national service. You hit the nail right on the head, because that is definitely the definition of a midshipman. And yes, as a mom that's been around for a long time, there are those that follow everything toe the line. Mm -hmm. And there are those that push the boundaries and see how far they can, they can go. That's I think that pushing the boundaries in a positive way, not in a negative way, such as like cheating or even arriving late to class is a pretty big deal, but kind of testing the waters, it helps to make them stronger naval officers because they do have to look at all points of view in the case of the of one of the characters and let's talk about the characters one is Alex and you can expand a little bit on both and the other one is Tara Tara mm -hmm. and Tara is a submarine officer Alex is an enlisted marine that is encouraged to apply and receives his appointment and there's a whole backstory there that I'm not going to give away or get into one of the things that I love about midshipmen too and that I try to talk about with the parents is that it's okay to fail because by design, for example, right now, the class of 2026 is going through plebe summer and by design, plebe summer will set them to fail at something. And these are kids that are not used to failure. What do you do when you fail? Well, the most positive thing is to learn, look at what happened and try to change it. And that's something that I think that Tara takes through the book is that something happens, she learns from it, and then she 
goes on a path in a way challenging, but learning from not having advocated for her men and women prior. So, so that that's exactly what you described is, is the journey and, and the character of, of midshipmen in general. So without giving anything away and having introduced these two characters, and I hope I didn't give anything away, no. um, what is the basic storyline of the book? Alex, it really centers around both Alex and Tara. Mm-hmm. Alex is a very likable young man, and he's searching for a direction in life. He just graduated from high school. He's not sure what he wants to do. An unexpected family tie leads him to the Marine Corps, and he will enlist and soon discover that his sacrifice on a battlefield reveals extraordinary acts of valor under fire and leadership. And he soon begins to understand what his father, who was an academy graduate and an active duty Navy captain, has wanted for him. Alex soon finds his purpose, not only with his father's sometimes disagreement, they disagree, but his father's urging, but moreover, Alex's own platoon commanders and company commanders. And it is to go to the Naval Academy and come back and return to lead Marines and sailors. And then Tara is a Naval Academy grad. She is. And And she is a submarine officer she's been out on fast attack subs and the book begins with her out in the sub but then finds her back at the naval academy as a company officer and we were both discussing of a certain young female officer that fits the bill so it's interesting how the the two lives kind of come together i find it very interesting that alex is enlisted and then goes to the academy i mean there there are plenty of enlisted that do follow that path Mm -hmm. but how did you reconcile that the main character, Alex, being that enlisted Marine and Alex, the midshipman. Actually, first, Annie, something interesting happened about Tara. Uh In the original storyline and list of characters, Tara was a male, Tom Marcellus. Okay. Finished the story and began looking for a literary agent who would want to represent it. One agent responded with an interesting email and he wrote you should consider making one of your protagonists a female character it would have high commercial interest and I thought well that's interesting all right it cannot be Alex because he's an enlisted marine in ground warfare and women are not yet permitted to be in front lines of ground warfare infantry but Tara but a female could certainly be in Tom's place as a submarine officer. Just wanted to clarify that. The Marines have removed any barriers to women being able to be in combat, but uh, that as of 2016, when the story kind of begins, that was not the case. Right. And that was intriguing to me. And I consulted with three very good friends at the Academy. David McKinney was one of them. Um, three active duty Naval officers and said, what do you think of this idea? David said, I think it's great. Then a second David, who is the submarine officer, he was on the commandant staff in charge of youngster year professional training. He even, he said, I think it's a wonderful idea. And so does Katie, my wife, who's also a submarine officer. The third person was the, at that time, the honor officer. And I went over to meet with Greg one afternoon and said, women have been at the Naval Academy since 1980. And 
the first female brigade commander at Naval Academy was 1991, uh, Julianne Galena. A lot of time has passed, mm -hmm. but old attitudes about a male culture still exist. Can you see in real life difficulty with a female company officer who questions her senior officer's decisions about how to adjudicate an infraction by a midshipman? And Greg said, I don't think there's any problem at all. Okay. No. And those three men whom I trusted and good friends confirmed for me, this is the way to go. And in fact, Tara's character really opened new and far more interesting opportunities in, in, in the storyline of conflict that made it a better story than it would have been with Tom Marcellus. I'm glad that Tara is the main character and not Tom. So I found her uh, very engaging, very interesting. And you kind of see that uh, a character development and character progression through the story. So, and just to backtrack a little bit. Back to your question about Alex reconciling. Yes. I, I think Al, we, we find reading the story that Alex appreciates and admires his roots as an enlisted Marine. Mm -hmm. And he, he's also excited at discovering what Marines call rising above their rank at a moment of crisis. And that's what he does on a battlefield. And he understands that he does have the ability, he does have the intuition and the, and the guidance to lead as a junior officer. At the same time, he really can know how to look out for his Marines and sailors. I don't feel comfortable in both the enlisted culture and preparing to be in the officer culture. He's fine with both. And he's grateful that he had enlisted first because it gives him a stronger feeling about truly looking out as a later a junior officer once he's commissioned for his Marines. Okay, yeah, that makes uh, complete sense. And you can see that um, in the character and what he's thinking and how he looks at different things. You do hear about how there are enlisted in the brigade and how, you know, they already know how to do everything, but to have the perspective of someone who's actually been in combat, it was eye-opening to me, actually. From writing your book and from your research, what challenges do you think are specific to enlisted men and women that become midshipmen? That's a, that's a most interesting question. I think the challenges were far greater when women were first admitted or received appointments to the service academy. From the time I did my first book in 1991 through 93, mm -hmm. women comprised, I think, 9% of the brigade. Now it's... Sir, it's closer to 30, actually. Oh, 30. Okay. Yeah. It's Much like more. 20, I want to say 28%, possibly. Oh, okay. I think that there is still uh, an attitudes that have to be overcome, but women are definitely taking the lead on overcoming that and, and on just doing a fantastic job. I know my, my daughter-in-law is, she's a slow and, and she's unbelievable. I take my hat off to her. So speaking about women, the other main character of the story, we have Alex, who's an enlisted that's now at the Naval Academy Marine and a female submarine officer. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about her? You've reminded me, your, your remark just a moment ago, Annie, is important because it reminds me of something important that a couple of retired female admirals read the manuscript before publication, and they were both academy graduates. And in conversations or email conversations with them, the emphasis is not that she's an exception because she's a woman. 
she's she's an exceptional individual who happens to be a woman. I love that. And that's how I hope I would like readers to understand Kara, Tara's character. That's a, a very good way to approach that. And I agree completely. I have a daughter who's a junior officer and I agree. She is an incredible individual who happens to be female. Just getting a little bit more into the meat of the book and having a newly minted submarine future officer. I found this subspecific language that is in the book and the dialogue and the submarine scenes, because there are some very interesting submarine scenes that give you a, a peek into what it might be like into one of those as they affectionately call them tin cans. How did you prepare to write her character and what kind of research did you do regarding operations in a sub and commands and acronyms and all of this Good stuff that is in the submarine scenes. I can answer that not only for Tara and, and the submarine backstory, but also for Alex, his backstory in Africa mm-hmm. with the Mew. I, I knew and created the scenarios. And then I turned first for Tara's scenario. I turned to David and, and said, Dave, this is, this is going to be the story for Tara aboard her submarine. This is going to be the conflict that happens how it happens. And Dave was wonderful. I worked with Dave for about seven months back and forth. And he and, said, and can you tell us who, uh, who Dave is specifically? Dave is Naval Academy class of 2012. Okay. Submarine officer who is currently department head aboard a either guided missile or ballistic missile. So David is a current submarine officer. And so how did he help you to get a perspective on, on sub life? Once Dave understood the scenario that I had drawn out in the storyline, Annie, Dave helped me learn, this is how it actually happened, Robert. Mm-hmm. This is how officers would talk with each other. Mm-hmm. Here, here's, here are the, the sailor positions that'll happen in control. Mm-hmm. Here are the military and submarine silent service mechanics of, mm-hmm. of tracking with a toad array and finding and and marking a an action of interest in the water mm-hmm. he helped me understand how it happened militarily and okay. technically okay. and that allowed me to put the the leaves on the trees that must have been so fascinating it was sure. it was terrific it's and the same so- thing for alex when i came upon his, his scenario in west africa and had the privilege of actually attending with Midshipmen at the Academy courses in Marine practicum and learned all about offensive operations, how platoons and and squad leaders move and proceed. They communicate with their platoon commanders and so forth, and also had a wonderful friendship with, he's now executive officer of a Marine Corps MEW in North Carolina. For the audience that's not well-versed in all these acronyms, so a MEU is a Marine, M-E-U, Marine Expeditionary Unit, just Thank so you. that yes. they know. <laughs> yeah. And he, he helped me understand and learn the close air support fire, how it actually happened and how pilots will communicate with each other during the support attacks that happen in the uh, MEU firefight in West Africa. Oh, I want you to take me along next time this happens. So for your next book, I'll tag along. Can we say that the research was the most difficult part of writing your book? There wasn't the difficult part. And that's the truth. It was such a joy and a personal pleasure working with the 31 people I've named in the acknowledgments, some of them very closely. 
for long periods of time and became good friendships was so fascinating to me that there, there was never any tough moments. Um, if, if I ever had any particular times where I was trying to solve something, it usually happened when I wasn't actually writing, but I was thinking about the story every day. And one of them was, how is this going to end? How am I going to resolve what happens to Alex as a first-class midshipman being adjudicated for a major conduct offense and the tension around that? And on a walk one day with, with our dog, Bailey, it, it just came. I got it. And it was going to be Tara. Tara is going to say to senior commanders, with all due respect, gentlemen, what you want to do is wrong and you're making a mistake. And from that moment, I, I built it and went from That's there. That's amazing. That's amazing. It is. When, when you write and things come to you, I'm a teacher. So for me, it's a light bulb moment and, and it's something yeah. to really celebrate. So that's exciting. So you're, you're talking about Tara and she helps to close this story and we're not going to give away the ending because it's just too <laughs> exciting, actually. So we mentioned that Tara is going to confront and not agree with the chain of command during this adjudication. You also mentioned that you had put this forward to people affiliated, longtime Navy career acquaintances and friends, and even the two female admirals that, that read the manuscript. How have your readers and the people that guided you react to Alex and Tara questioning part of the chain of command at the Naval Academy. Annie, I've been very gratified that those who have read the advanced review copy manuscript before publication, mm -hmm. and the majority of those were active duty and retired, both Navy and Marine Corps and Academy graduates, no one ever had a problem with how okay. Tara's character chose to portray strong moral courage and ethics in her position of what she was going to do involved in Alex's situation. And that was very gratifying. Um, what, what was interesting tied around that was that same literary agent who had suggested having a female character. I came back to him a year after he had said, I'm not interested and said, I've made some major revisions to this story. Do you want to take another look? And he did. And he said, I like this. Then we kind of had a, a contest of wills at one point. And it, it was around, the very climactic ending of the novel and uh -huh. in, in a scene, you know, between the superintendent, the commandant and the deputy commandant. Uh -huh. And this literary agent said, I think you should have one of those officers do this. And I answered him that with all due respect, that doesn't happen. And that's not part of the Naval Academy culture or the military culture. Uh -huh. And I tried to emphasize to him that retired veterans, active duty, all hold the great, great worth in the realism of how they conducted their lives and their work. And anything made out of whole cloth, they dismiss it. They'll, they won't follow it. And I tried to get him to understand that and said, this is not realistic. He said, well, it's just fiction. And I said, it, uh -huh. it can be fictitious, but it needs to be realistic in the culture and the prestige and, and the way of life of these men and women. And if it isn't, I'm not gonna do it. He said, okay. And so I stood my ground and he said, no, and I didn't care. 
Good. Yeah. Well, I, I completely agree because there's a movie that came out some years ago about the Naval Academy that is, that is so, I think they didn't permit them to film on the grounds, but it is so left field. Oh, that's not, that movie, and, that not, movie Annapolis. Yes. Not anything like the Naval no. Academy at all. And it, it's, it's kind of a joke. And, and yes. I, you know, I, I watch it once just to watch it. I will not watch it again. My kids make fun of it. So yeah, definitely you want to follow that tradition. You want to follow the realism. And I applaud you for that because it, a lot of times uh, the editors and publishers have no clue. So it's good that you know that audience that you've had contact with enough uh, veterans and the military community that you know that that wouldn't fly. So and you, and you, you know as well that it, it's tied directly to earning those those people's trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and to honoring them as well. It's, That's it's, right. It's a way of honoring their sacrifice of the work and of what they've done in their service. So it, it is a way of honoring them. So that's very important. So thank you for doing that. I saw some familiar names on the list in the back of the book. What surprised you the most from speaking with all of these subject matter experts that you that you had access to? Because to me, that in itself is exciting just to be able to learn from them firsthand. What was common among them that also was very gratifying as an author was that once they understood what I wanted to create and produce would be genuine and honest and not something made out of whole cloth or misrepresentation of Navy life, Marine Corps life, or Naval Academy life, then they were as generous as they could be. And and that's all it took. When I found people on the yard that their background in both the Navy, in the Navy and Marine Corps could be a great resource in my doing my research. As I said, they were as generous as they could be. I'm glad that uh, you were able to speak with so many people to get the best possible factual fictional story and make it real, a real experience for, for the reader. All right. So in order to wrap up, we need to find out where uh, we can find your book. As I mentioned, it is in the mid store, I believe. It is. Uh, where else can people find your book? They can find it at Barnes and Noble, in the store and online. Amazon online, both Amazon and Barnes and Noble have the book available in soft cover, but also ebook edition. Apple Books has it available okay. as, as an ebook. Any independent bookstore can order it. Okay. And I'm beginning this week to production of an audiobook. Oh, that's wonderful. I've toyed with doing that, but uh, I, I think that's great. Two yeah. more things for you listeners. Um, they can they can find that and as more information at the website for the book, which is www.nogreaterduty.com. All one word. And, all one word. Okay. And they're also I also invite them to reach out to me on on email with any questions or anything they'd like to learn. And and the email address is all one word Robert Stewart author at gmail.com. Perfect. I know that you're going to get some emails, I'm sure. Well, thank you so much for your time, Robert. I really enjoyed reading the book. I enjoyed meeting you at the Midstore. You were a great book signing partner. And I hope that parents enjoy this story as much as I did. 
and just everything that went into it behind the scenes, all the research, all the people you spoke with, it just shows in the story. So thank you so much for your hard work and presenting the Naval Academy and, and the military community in a realistic way in this story. It's really appreciated. And I always end my podcasts with uh, our Go Navy. So I'm going to say Go Navy and I hope uh, you know what to say. So Go Navy! Beat Army! All right! <laughs>